When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit. Just for signing up, don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Patriots postgame show here on CLNS Media and the Patriots Defeat the Jets 25-6 to in a game that we really don't know how we feel about yet. Um, but we will discuss it here with you. Uh, thank you for hanging on. Evan is, uh, as I said, in the Meadowlands. Uh, he was just down uh, listening to all and conducting all the post-game interviews uh, and rushed upstairs to the press box so we could jump on here and talk about this game, a resounding win. Uh, one in which the defense made Zach Wilson look like a rookie QB, which is what you expected, maybe even worse than that. It's just still kind of weird because you just don't feel great about it because of the way the Patriots offense performed. So, Evan, dealer's choice, which way do you want to start? You want to start with what happened to Zach Wilson, or do we want to start with what we saw out of the Patriots offense? I can go either way. Well, I'll combine the two of them and say this. I think everybody right now is getting a little bit impatient, myself included at times, I'll admit it, getting a little impatient with this Patriots offense, right? Because you have a rookie quarterback in his second career start with a bunch of new skill players around him. Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar. These are all their second career games as Patriots. Who does Aguilar play for? Aguilar plays for the Patriots. Oh, he right? does. Okay. Hey, he had a good game last week. Leave him alone. <laughs> okay. And all of these players are new. All of these pieces are new. You have a young QB. And you saw today against the Jets how bad it could be, right? Your your rookie quarterback could be throwing four interceptions and giving your team absolutely no chance to win the game. And th- he's not. Now, that's the good news is that they are light years ahead of where the Jets are. The bad news is they're not competing with the New York Jets, right? They're trying to compete with the best of the best and be contenders in the AFC. And right now, this offense is not there yet. But I, I preach patience because this is game two of a long window here with Mac Jones. This window goes beyond just this season even, but even focused on this season. The longest season in NFL history, by the way, 17 games this year, and we're only two games into it. So there are flashes, right? We, we see flashes. The, the deep uh, ball on the slot fade to Jacoby Myers over the shoulder. Great throw. Hunter Henry up the seam. They use a little uh, formation, win with formations on that play, right? They come out in 12. They run the nub set. They have the, the safety over the top over here. Play action fake over there. Pull the linebackers up. Tight ends get behind them. Big play. Those flashes are there. The consistency, the down-to-down string the to plays together, as Bill Belichick said, not good enough. 
not taking enough advantage of the scoring opportunities that they got off of turnovers. But this is a very early, early test or, you know, kind of early grading here of this Patriots offense, right? We, we have a long, long way to go this year in the Mac Jones era in general. So I preach patience and look at the other side of the ball and see what Zach Wilson and the Jets just put out there because they crapped their pants uh, at 1 o'clock here, starting right off the bat. They crapped their pants offensively, and the Patriots could be there right now at the rookie quarterback. They could, and of course, um, uh, they uh, – you know, it's this would feel a lot better at two and zero oh, uh, instead sure. of uh, one and one because you could say, "Hey, uh, you know, it's rookie growing pains, but hey, they've got themselves a cushion, and who knows what they're going to get uh, with the Saints next week, who look pretty uneven as well." And you might have had been able to build a little three and zero oh cushion while you're still working through stuff heading into that Tampa game. Uh, I guess what it comes down to, and we had this conversation a little bit offline. Let's start with Mac because Wilson, I you know. I I don't know how much it's him, the rookie, a byproduct of just being part of this particular franchise and whether it can ever work for a quarterback here because we're seeing what Darnold is doing uh, on a Carolina Panthers team that isn't necessarily a great team by any means, but uh, this might just be a Jets thing. But just talking about Mac, uh, how much of this is, and again, the, the untold, not untold story, but the story that's really turning into a huge story is the loss of Trent Brown at right tackle. Yeah. Um, revolving door again today. They started, uh, you know, uh, uh, Yasser Durant, Durant uh, benched him for Justin Haran. Haran uh, got hurt. Durant had to come back in. It was a problem all game. I don't think Wynn's playing particularly well either. No. Uh, and it looks like there's heat on Mac. And again, part of that's game plan. They're coming after him a little bit. There was a lot of pressure coming in, but they couldn't get anything really going downfield. Both, and again, it's is it conservative play calling? Is it the pass rush confluence of all of those things kind of together? They're taking it easy on the kid, but you're not seeing any dynamic plays. You're not seeing shots downfield. You're not seeing anything develop. And for people at home, you're not seeing anything out of your all of your big money acquisitions right now. All the toys, yes. Outside of the same stuff you're running all last year, which is little underneath stuff and quick little comebacks and all of that stuff. So, again, I keep using that analogy of you've got this sports car, so to speak, in the garage. You want to see what it can do. You want to open it up a little bit. And you're getting dink and dunk and this and that. And hopefully it expands and changes as time goes on. But it is, as you said, there's a patience issue. And I can feel people getting frustrated on Twitter, here in the chat, you know, wherever. Right, and that's why I wanted to bring up the point of look at it in comparison to the Jets and Zach Wilson and where they are right now is because the Patriots could easily be there with their rookie quarterback throwing four interceptions against a pretty good and and well-coached Jets defense, right? It's not Bill Belichick's defense. And they played pretty well. But but it's a well-coached defense, and Salah knows what he's doing. And Mac didn't turn the football over, didn't get himself shot in the foot like Zach Wilson did four times, and was able to manage the football game and get the Patriots 26 points and an easy victory on the road. So all those things, you look at that and you say, okay, you know, that's, that's a positive for a quarterback in his second career start as a rookie now. The number that's going to come out, and I'm going to tweet it out, and I'm going to say it all the time too, is four yards per attempt in the air, right? Right. Average air yards per attempt is only four today. Last week it was 6.7, 6.8, somewhere around there. also is low. Very low. So Zach Wilson 
threw four picks, so you don't want to be Zach Wilson. But just in comparison, Zach Wilson was over 11 air yards per attempt today. So Wilson pushed the ball down the field. He got picked off four times, so you could kind of say whether that was good or bad based off of that. But he did push the ball down the field. Mac did it. And after the game, I asked Mac, I said, is there anything that you can tell us as to why the Jets – what did they take away? What did they take it away? Was it not there? Were the receivers not getting open? Was it you? You know, what was going on with the throws down the field? Right. And he put it all on himself. He said that he could push the ball down the field more. And specifically, I think what he was talking about was when they run these blitzes, it felt like every time the Jets ran a blitz against Mac, he defaulted to the throw in the flat. Right. Almost like that was what the coaches had been telling him to do. Right. Is let's default to the flat. Let's get the ball out. Let's throw hot. Let's beat the blitz that way and just dink and dunk our way down here. Mac wore it a little bit and said, I need to stand in the pocket longer. I need to let plays develop longer down the field. And I left plays out there by not holding the ball more in the pocket and taking those shots down the field. Now we'll have to wait till the coach's film comes out either tomorrow or Tuesday to really get into whether that's true or not, whether any of it was on Mac. Some of the other things that you could potentially put on Mac, which I I don't think I would, but maybe we don't know for a fact what is being set pre-snap with the protections against these blitzes, because now two weeks in a row, there have been a lot of guys getting free, whether it's on a blitz or a teeny stunt or whatever the case may be a lot of, unblocked rushers and that could be as simple as saying Yasir Durant was not ready and he looked overmatched today and Trent Brown is is an X factor for this offensive line or maybe there's some communications errors that are going on as well so I'm going to take Mac at his word for now because I don't want to sit here and, and say that he's falling on the sword for his own line I think, but he is. I think he is falling on his sword a little bit for his offensive line for sure yeah. I think he is. Um, I think he is for sure. Uh, you could see how quick it was. It was, you know, the, the pocket was shrinking around him almost, you know, instantly, even if it wasn't right in his face. He did not have a lot of space uh, there to operate. And he's just not a guy who's going to get outside the tackles uh, and get moving uh, to, 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 you know, to make to make throws there. Uh, he just didn't even have room to step up in the pocket. It just it, it seemed all game long. There just wasn't much there for him you do have you know one of the worst plays he's made as a patriot was the uh you know the intentional grounding there it still resulted in a field goal when you can either scramble or throw deep and he also had hunter henry streaking down the sideline completely uncovered on that play i know he's going to his left and hunt henry's on the right and he would have had to turn it around and throw it it wouldn't have been easy but uh right. that was that was definitely one he'd like to have back uh you know for 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 sure here uh what it comes down to, Evan, is it makes sense in this game if the Patriots had said, "This is what we, this is the game we're going to call. We're we'll never lose to these guys as long as we don't turn it over. Uh, keep it in front of you. Take the easy thing all day long. Do not take any risks. You we cannot lose this game as long as we hang on to the football. I guarantee right. it. Which right. is fine because you just want the W. But you got to see whether or not." in a shootout type game. And again, this was cam week two Seattle when everybody felt good about it. Cause it was like, Oh, this team could theoretically hang in a shootout or so we thought at that moment. And that was kind of a, 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 a big deal at the time. You do need to see whether there is another gear to this offense at some point or another. Cause you're going to need it event. You're going to need it soon. So I think that that's a great point about 
here in New England, we have watched six Super Bowls. We've watched Tom Brady make nine Super Bowls. We know what a championship team looks like and what it doesn't. So sometimes the Patriots are competing against the Patriots, right, when it comes to our expectations and our standards for football here in New England. So right now this team does not look like a championship team. It looks like a borderline playoff offense at the moment, maybe similar, much closer to last year than what we all want it to be. Right. Like we, we want it to be this whole new thing, new weapons, new quarterback. And right now it feels a lot like the Cam Newton offense in a lot of ways. Max is a more accurate quarterback down the field. Uh, he works the underneath stuff a little bit better than Cam does. But the lack of explosiveness in the passing game is still there. So that's frustrating. And I, I get that. And, and that's what we're comparing it to is the past 20 years with Brady and the championship teams. And we're saying, OK, this is on that scale, we're nowhere near it, right? We're nowhere near where, where those teams were. We're better than the Jets, but we're nowhere near where those teams were or where we need to be to be a playoff team and be a competitor in the AFC. So there's a long way to go. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But I think the good news is, is that there are not as many opportunities today, I thought, in terms of the separation created by the receivers down the field. If I had to grade sort of, put a percentage on who I blame the most for the lack of explosive plays today, the offensive line and the wide receiver. Line group. one receivers two, back three. Right. I think. right. Yes. And and that's just on initial live watch from the press yep. box. We'll see what it looks like on the that's, tape. And, but that's my initial gut on it is that Mac was, takes a least bigger, you know, the smallest slice of that blame pie for the lack of explosive plays. That's what it looked like. And again, you have a better vantage point down at the game, of course, um, than what we're able to see on the monitors. But uh, that's what it looked like. It didn't look like there was a lot of people running free and a lot of missed opportunities. And and I also wanted not to cut you off, but I also, I do think on on some sort of level, I thought the play calling in terms of when he was calling run plays versus when he was calling pass plays was better from Josh McDaniels today than it was last week. I got on him early after the JC Jackson interception, run, run screen, get, get the hell out of there with that. Right. Like just, you missed me with that. But in terms of actually dying up plays to hit down the field and, and trying to push the ball and trying to let Max throw, I thought today was better in a lot of respects in that way than last year. What or last week? What I'm starting to get concerned about with McDaniel's, and maybe this is a skill talent problem and not necessarily a McDaniel's problem. But when you turn on the tape for all these other teams, right? You see guys running open by five yards once or twice a game. There's all like last week against uh, the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers got Robbie Anderson deep on that 57 yard touchdown. The Jets got Corey Davis deep a few times. It, it, you just watch these other tapes and you say, "Oh wow." There's opportunities for these receivers down the field. Is it scheme? Is this play design or is this personnel? Right. And maybe it's a little bit of both, but it's, it's tough to kind of gauge right now. Why do the Patriots lack the downfield throws? Why do the Patriots lack the, the explosive plays on offense and, and where is this a chicken or the egg situation? Right. Is this McDaniel's not? having a great scheme for producing downfield shot plays or is this the receivers not getting open down the field because they Nelson Aguilar last year for the Las Vegas Raiders was one of the best deep threats in the league right I mean he's the guy that had six touchdowns of of over 20 plus yards last year and was throwing the ball it got the ball thrown deep to him a lot by Derek Carr last year for the Raiders and those plays haven't been there 
for this Patriots offense through two weeks. So who is to blame for that, I think, is another conversation. And ultimately, though, I think we have to look at this game and say you could be the Jets and you're not the Jets. Yeah, exactly. And so, and that's kind of where I want to take the conversation. And again, just to remind people, Nelson Aguilar does play for the Patriots. Um, he had Stop uh, it. Stop three, it. three receptions, three targets, 21 yards today. Again, not a lot, not a lot downfield. Henry had one big chunk play. You had the one to Jacoby Myers for 24 yards uh, as well. And obviously white on a screen. That was it for what you would call explosive plays there. Right. Um, so there wasn't much, but again, so let's put it in perspective. It's Mac Jones. It's the second ever NFL start. He's the fifth quarterback taken in the draft, okay? Uh, Trey Lance can't supplant Jimmy Garoppolo, who's captain average. And right now you'd have a tough, difficult time saying Garoppolo is any better than Mac Jones at this moment. So we'll say that Justin Fields got in in place of uh, an injured Andy Dalton today and was terrible, uh, okay? Terrible in relief of Dalton. Tre- uh, Trevor Lawrence? absolutely atrocious today again he's the best rookie quarterback so far and on top of that we saw what zach wilson did so right now it's not particularly close and this yeah. isn't this isn't homerism we saw what zach wilson did today this wasn't just rookie quarterback this wasn't just the jets this was the you know, jets being the jets this wasn't the patriots ferocious defense though they did make it tough and i don't think judon got blocked cleanly once all game and you know but this guy they didn't do anything crazy throw anything at him he just doesn't look ready to play nfl quarterback right now and he has all the physical tools so again you're going to stack quarterbacks in terms of where they are after 2 weeks in that's the perspective i think that's fair you want to see more from Mac because you wanted it to be a departure from what you had last year with Cam, which was this really boring offense. It didn't get anything going in the air. Right. It still might happen. But again, we cannot over, we can't stress enough what's going on everywhere else in the league with the, with, with people trying out their rookie quarterbacks right now. Right. And, and- ones, with, ones with terrific pedigrees, you know, yeah, and offensively too, and this I think speaks to some of the things that are going on with Zach Wilson also, and then we can talk about Wilson's struggles in the Patriots defense. Continuity, chemistry, rhythm, all these things are so important, and we're only two games into this with everybody's a new face here besides really everybody's a new face with Mac, right? Mac hasn't thrown to any of these guys yet, but besides somebody like Jacoby Myers and some of the players on the offensive line and in the backfield, but Four at fifths of this offense that they're putting out there on the field right now, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne are playing their first games as Patriots over the last two weeks. And offense is, is a side of the football that chemistry and rhythm and continuity and understanding the playbook and all these kinds of things are crucial, crucial to what the Patriots want to do offensively. So I, I preach the patience with it. I really do. Like, Give it some time because this is not what this offense should look like. And we, you, you talked about that game last year against Cam, with Cam in Seattle, right? And that was Cam's peak. They yep. peaked in week two uh, yep. in terms of a passing attack. This offense will hopefully peak in week 14 or 15, 16 or something like that. Bill always says real football starts after Thanksgiving, right? This offense, let's hope it peaks down there because right now this is not good enough, but we're on an upward trajectory, I think, with all these guys. With Wilson, if I'm a Jets fan, the biggest concern that I have with what I saw out there today from Zach Wilson was it felt to me like just the aura 
of a Bill Belichick scheme and a Bill Belichick defense was enough to rattle him because they did not do anything. This was not the game a few years ago against Sam Darnold on Monday Night Football where he was seeing ghosts and the Patriots are running their zeros and their amoeba fronts no, and all this just, kind of stuff. This was straight cover one robber, stuff cover at him, three. Yeah. Right, and, and there was some droppers and some blitzers and guys coming from different directions and stuff like that. And that that was not a overly complex. The Patriots did not need to empty the well against Zach Wilson today to get him to turn the football over four times. So if I'm a Jets fan, I am very concerned, especially when you look at that interception to Devin McCourty where he punted the football down the field. You just have to worry a lot about why – even a simple Bill Belichick game plan and a, a game plan that really wasn't overly complex. And they were able to run the football pretty successfully too. And that wasn't, it didn't matter, right? They, he still couldn't get anything going in the passing game and still turn the ball over four times. So that's got to be frustrating if you're a Jets fan to see. This was not, like I said, this was not that Monday night game against Darnold where they're running all sorts of crazy zero fronts and, and blitzing them all over the place and the seeing ghosts quote and all that kind of stuff. This was just basic Bill Belichick football, and they still got the ball uh, turned over four times. That That's not a good sign. Yeah. Uh, I want to welcome all the Jets trolls, or there might only be one or two in this chat, but it's keeping it lively, I know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a battle of who sucks more. I do have to say, unequivocally, the Jets suck more. Uh, by a good bit. Um, but there's a lot to like about Wilson, his physical tools. We were talking about this before. Actually, I was talking about this with Greg Bedard, who loves him, by the way, maybe a little too much, but that's He loves okay. Zach Wilson? He loves him. But that surprises me. Loves, loves his tools. He may be the most Mahomesy uh, guy in terms of the way he plays, in terms of the tools, his movement yeah. and stuff like that, ability to throw okay. from multiple I've never angles. been a big Zach Wilson guy. And the biggest well, reason- I don't know if he can play the quarterback position yet. That's, right. that's the thing. He, but he looks yeah. great and he makes, he has terrific throws, you know, maybe no, more yeah. Stafford. Yeah. So Bill Belichick said after the game, the, the seven route on that last drive that the Jets had on the Jets sideline, Bill was like, I mean, what that's a, just a great throw, right? I mean, they're, right. They're, what, what are you going to do about that type of thing for the defense and a tip your cap type of play? The reason why I've always had concerns about Zach Wilson dating back to BYU is this is a guy that loves, absolutely loves the deep ball, right? He just wants to throw the football down the field. And you got all these layups here underneath the defense. You got all these short throws available to you. Saw this a hundred times, a hundred times exaggeration. Saw this 10 times on the tape against Carolina last week. And I'm sure when I pull up this tape against the Patriots this week, there's going to be a ton of layups, right? Check downs, little slants, under routes, things like that. And Wilson never wants to take those easy throws. He always wants to take the seven route in between the, the deep safety and the corner and have to drop it on a diamond to the receiver. And yeah, he can make that throw more than most guys, but he doesn't consistently make the easy plays. And because Mac Jones went out there today, didn't light it up, threw for less yards than Zach Wilson, a dot way lower than Zach Wilson's, but Mac Jones took what the defense gave him for the most part, kept the offense on time for the most part, didn't turn the football over, and he's the one that came out of here with a three-score victory, right? You know, that's, I think, what you see from Zach Wilson consistently is, just a propensity to fall in love with the deep ball and an inability to work the short stuff and take what is there and just make the easy throws. And, and that, that's the problem. And that was, that, that's probably what that was early career. Mahomes, I think had a lot of these tro- yeah. troubles too, but he was throwing deep to Tyree kill. So it didn't matter. 
as much. But Mahomes has had problems in the past with not right. taking the easy. You know step what you're process. capable of. The other stuff almost seems boring, you know. Right. And so you just you end up not doing it, but then you fight. You're screwed when you realize you passed up the only viable option you have. Then you're on the run, and then you're doing stupid shit. But he was just throwing off balance off his back foot all day. Uh, he didn't really look set. Didn't look comfortable at any point in time. No, looked rattled. And I think when you make your first two throws, and both of them are interceptions, that will rattle pretty much any quarterback. And that's what. That's what J.C. Jackson said after the game, right. straight up. What Did the picks rattle him? He's like, yeah, yeah. they did. I um, think there's very few quarterbacks, maybe Tom Brady or, or Aaron Rodgers or somebody that has that kind of confidence and pedigree could maybe bounce back from two interceptions on your first two throws. But a rookie quarterback like Zach Wilson going against Bill Belichick, I, I don't think that you'd bounce back after that. Yeah. Um, so uh, we talked about all of that. And, again, it's going to continue to be, you know, the Mac show in terms of, you know, trying to figure out how this is going to look. And we'll get into previewing uh, next week's stuff. Other odds and ends from today, um, you know, again, it wasn't a prolific. It's it's interesting because, you know, I know Cam was a big part of Bully Ball, um, having him in there and his ability and just what it's right. what, what it means to have an, an extra running thread and the extra blocker and all of those things. We know it. But, I again, I know that the Trent Brown isn't just a pass blocking issue. Um, they're just not, they, they can't get that power running game really going. Damian Harris uh, obviously had that great effort on the 26 yard touchdown. Everything else was just kind of nickel and diming along the way. There wasn't a lot there. I think James White made the most of his opportunities, but the running game isn't as uh, potent. I, Anywhere nearly as potent as we might have thought it might be, uh, based off of a lot of what we saw last year, with some similar personnel returning. So there's two things here, I think, at play that are really important. You don't have Tooney, but sure. The one thing being, when you don't have a mobile quarterback and you're playing 10 on 11 and the quarterback is not a factor in the run game, you're mathematically short of body, right? Right. You're just mathematically short. And when a team puts an extra guy in the box and they go single high safety against you, you're mathematically at a disadvantage and there's going to be somebody that's not blocked. Just on every single play, there's going to be somebody that's not blocked. And the goal when you set mic points and things like that is to make sure that the guy that's unblocked is the furthest threat away from the ball carrier, right? So if you're going left, you want the guy to be unblocked on the backside on the right side, right? If you're going up the middle, you want it to be somebody on the edge. You don't want to leave a linebacker in the hole unblocked. And and I think that there might be some of that thing uh, at play where if you don't have a mobile quarterback and you want to be a good running football team, you have to be a dominant offensive line. You have to be a dominant run blocking unit to get that done. Teams like Tennessee or Cleveland or San Francisco a few years ago were dominant run blocking teams. So they made it work without mobile quarterbacks like a Cam Newton. Now the other element of this that I think is at play is a lot of those teams, Tennessee, Cleveland, 49ers a few years ago really made teams pay with play action passing, right? So almost more importantly than the fact that they could get downhill on you and run the football is that if you went single high and you put the extra guy in the box, they would play action you and they would create explosive plays through the, in the passing game off play action passes, right? So if you're not a very, very good play action passing team, that's the formula. 
is well, they good got to loosen it up running, a little bit. Good you, downhill you have- running, right, with the offensive line blocking extremely well in the run game, and then make defenses pay for going single high. Now, I thought the play that they hit to Hunter Henry up the seam, they finally made the Jets pay on that particular play for going one high. But if you're not going to make explosive plays in the passing game off play action and really marry that thing together – and you're not going to have a mobile quarterback, then it's really difficult to be an ultra-productive elite rushing team. So I I think that it all goes hand-in-hand. The O-line needs to block it better. But I also think in a lot of ways that if you're not going to create explosive plays through play action, go watch a Tennessee game. Go watch a Cleveland game. Tennessee in particular has been – the poster child of this offense, right? The the ground and pound with Derrick Henry and then the big plays with guys like A.J. Brown in the passing game off play action. That If you want to be that kind of offense, then you really need to have the skill talent on the outside and the quarterback to make them pay for going single high. And the Patriots right now, I would have to pull it up. We would have to go back and study it today. But the production off of single high looks is not good enough for this team to run the football better. Cause what happens is, is when you get into single high looks and you're taking, you know, 40 plays through the air off these, you know, deep crossers or explosive plays off the play action passing. Well, then the defense has to put it, bring a safety out of the box. Right. And then they have to go too high instead of single high. And once you go too high, now you have the numbers back for the blocking in the run game. So that's the math problem. And that's the chess match for offensive coordinators against defensive play callers is, are you going to go too high against us to shut down the passing game, which is going to allow us to run it, or are you going to go single high and allow us to throw it? If they're going to go single high and allow you to throw it and invite the pass, then the Patriots have to throw the ball more productively down the field. So what is next now, Evan, do you think? Let's just say we move on to next week and uh, Trent Brown is still missing uh, and you're going against, and again, we'll preview the Saints – you know, more, you know, in a more, you know, uh, robust way as the week goes on. But just, you know, as the game plan inches forward here week over week, you know, what, if anything different do you see from, from this team in terms of approach? Um, You know, do you think it starts to loosen up a little bit or is this just, they are who they are until they kind of start to figure it out? I I don't know. I, I don't think it loosens up all that much because I'm concerned that this is, a fundamental problem that they might have. Now we're not there yet. It's only week two. And I keep on saying patience, patience, patience. So I don't want to come at it with a hot take right now that this is already a big problem. But when you, you don't have Tyree kill, you don't have AJ Brown. You don't have Julio Jones. You don't have these big time outside receivers on your roster that can really create explosive plays down the field. You do have Nelson Aguilar, who's a solid downfield field stretcher, but you have to design it in a good way. And you're also dealing with maybe a tier two deep threat instead of a tier one deep threat in Nelson Aguilar. Right. So you're, you're You have a B plus player and maybe a C plus scheme right now for getting the football down the field. And those things add up to a not very explosive passing. Attack. But I just expected the tight, the tight ends to loosen things up a little bit more running, running seam routes and running more things that were a little bit, you know, down the middle of the field yeah. a little bit more. And uh, I think we finally saw that on the throw to Hunter Henry in this game. And maybe those, opportunities can present themselves more. I would also look in the red zone and say that that has been something, you know, Belichick said today, 
we have to make better use of our scoring opportunities, right? When we get down there in the red zone, we need to cash in with touchdowns and not field goals. And you look at the possession chart from this week, you look at the possession chart from last week, they are driving the football into the red zone. I mean, today they had uh, three red zone opportunities and they were one for three. So if I look at, I'm looking at all of this and I I know I feel it sound like a little bit of a broken record, but I can't help but point the finger at the offensive coordinator a little bit here and start to wonder, okay, you're one for three in the red zone. How many targets has Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith had in the red zone in the first two games? Because the first two games, you are now two for seven in the red area. So the question is, is where are all of the targets for Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry down by the goal line? Because you have two tight ends that are 6'4", 6'5", have good ball skills, that are good down there in the red area, and they're not getting the football right now. So where is, even if you're attacking, where's Hunter Henry on the choice route? Hunter Henry up the seam. Where's Johnny up the seam? Where's the flex out, right? Flex him out, get a one-on-one, run a slant or a fade, depending on the leverage. Where is that play? Where's the creativity? in the red zone with Johnny Smith, who's this guy that can be a gadget type of player and run the ball on end arounds or screens or do different things with it, with the ball in his hands. The fact that they haven't been able to produce in the red zone, despite adding these two tight ends to me is a coaching problem and not a player problem because those guys are good enough and they were good enough in their past stops to create opportunities in the red area. And they're not doing it yet. Here. So that so do, points to McDaniels. So again, that's kind of where we're talking about with frustration is you do have that vibe with fans right now. Like, what are we doing here? Like, is there, you know, and it's really hard to develop an opinion because you don't know if it's based off of they don't have confidence in the line, they don't have confidence in Mac, or right. they're just not giving them the shot yet. And so, again, it's it's lack of patience for sure from the fan base. But, again, uh, you said it last week. The number one takeaway from last week by far was way too conservative with the play calling. And yeah. you absolute, Mac clearly showed he was ready for what was being thrown at him. You could have opened it up a little bit. I thought based off of that, we would have seen more of it today, and, and we didn't really. And again, maybe the tone was set early in the game where you could see the pressure was coming, and it was coming fast, and they just regrouped based off of that. But I don't really know. I, I, I don't know. It felt like early on they tried to hit some plays down the field, especially off of play action, and they just weren't really there. Mac had that one where they were uh, in, lined up in the neutral zone. He took a shot down the field, a dino concept, inside post, outside post, read the safety, make the throw. And there were some opportunities, I thought, down the field maybe. But I think the biggest thing that you look at is Josh McDaniels two years in a row now. And last year we all – chalked it up to Demir Bird being his best outside receiver and Jacoby Myers being the best receiver in general on the team and no tight ends. And he wasn't working with much. Bill Belichick went out and spent $77.5 million guaranteed on Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne to fix this passing game. And he drafted Josh McDaniels, a quarterback that he likes, that's a system fit in the first round. So at some point in time, you have to look at the OC and say, you need to do better. Right. There needs to be more uh, we need to do better here. And I look specifically at the red zone and I say two for seven in the first two weeks when we have these two tight ends that can box people out and go above the rim and make contested plays and all that kind of stuff. 
why are these guys not getting targets? Why are Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith not getting targets in the red area? And why are we trying to run the football in? Or why are we trying to throw a, a corner route to Nelson Aguilar or something like that, which they tried on second down at one point in the red area, and then they went third down, sack, field goal, right? The whole thing. Right. Why are we not trying to get Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith more involved in the red zone in the passing game? Because that's why they're, those guys are here in a lot of ways, right? That That's why those players are here. And, and I start to look at the AOC, honestly, in a lot of these situations. All right. Well, I think it's fair. Uh, and obviously uh, from the, you know, once you have the benefit of looking a little bit more at some of the tape, you'll see, you know, what they yeah. were doing versus what was there, what was not there. Um, so we'll definitely, uh, you know, have more intel as time goes on. Uh, just want a couple, couple notes uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, Patriots postgame show brought to you by Legends Brand. Go to legends.com. Use the code PATS20 to save 20% on your first order. It's good stuff. They sent us some. They We've did. been wearing it all week. Uh, I wish I could have worn it to the game, but I had to step up my my, uh, yeah. my game. I can't wear athleisure to the, the Patriots game. Exactly. So. But, you know, uh, nice, leisurely, uh, cool-looking stuff, sweatshirts, uh, you know, uh, athletic gear uh, that you can wear around. It's comfortable. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's an athlete owned brand. We've got Willie Mack, Willie McGinnis, former Patriot among the people here who are part of this. So again, uh, legends.com use the code Pats 20. You have until I believe October 8th to get in on this deal. It really does help us out. So, uh, you know, if you want to go help support our sponsors, uh, only means more content coming your way, uh, which we're always happy to deliver. So again, legends.com, use the code PATS20, save 20% on your first order. Um, so uh, odds and ends here, anything else to stand out to you from this game? Again, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, we don't want to take anything away from the Pats defense because it looked like a lot of it was on Wilson, but uh, this was an overall pretty solid defensive effort uh, in a lot of different ways. And you know what I liked, uh, you know, and again, I, I'm not sure what the coverage was all game long, but uh, J.C. Jackson um, certainly, really, good. really, really, good really, really had uh, a you know a, a really solid game today. Uh, so that's certainly a positive. The secondary, I know, again, they're throwing picks up for grabs. It's really hard to judge all, but it was pretty. It seemed pretty solid all game long. It seemed like people were covered. It didn't seem like the Patriots, like you said, were doing anything crazy exotic there. They were able to get pressure. Uh, just with their regular fronts, they were able to cover uh, with just what they had back there. And it was just, I mean, it looked like the Jets could have played 15 quarters and not scored any more points. Yeah, it was a good defensive performance for the most part. But I think the one thing, the two things I would point at are the two guys that didn't play in this game, Trent Brown and Kyle Van Noy. It felt yep. like they missed both of those guys. So what the Jets were doing offensively to run the football successfully, they gained almost five yards per uh, carry on the ground today, was just running opposite of Matt Judon, right? Matt Judon lined up on the left side of Zach Wilson. He said, let's run it this way. Matt Judon was on the right. He said, let's run it that way, right? And not having a guy, a professional edge setter in Kyle Van Noy, who is a really solid, stout player on the outside. They attacked Uche. They attacked Winovich. They attacked Kyle Duggar as those weak side force players, right? Force players meaning force that run back to the inside. So not having Kyle Van Noy out there, I think really showed itself in the run game where they didn't have bookend edge setters. They only had one edge taken care of and the Jets were able to run it at the other edge. Every single time they ran it to Matt Judon's side, the Patriots did a pretty good job of shutting that thing down. But when they ran it the other way, they had some success on the offensive side of the football. 
I don't know if it's that the Patriots' depth at right tackle is so poor that the Patriots are in trouble, but Trent Brown clearly seems to be in a big-time X factor for this team, both as a physical guy and setting the tone physically with his run blocking, but also he's just worlds better as a pass protector than the options that they have out there right now. And you look at this offensive line, and I know a lot of fans, myself included, early on in this game said – they need to kick Mike Onwenu back outside and put Tate Karras in, in that left guard because that's their best five guys. But uh, what the Patriots are focused on right now with this offensive line is clearly the long game, right? They want to keep these guys in there because they want Onwenu to get reps in between Isaiah Wynn and David Andrews at left guard because that's where he's going to be yeah. for the lion's share of the season when Trent Brown comes Which- back. Which might make you believe that they don't think the Brown thing is going to be long-term. So if they're right. viewing it as a one-week stopgap, that's obviously a good deal. If they did think it was long-term, they could have IR'd him this week and just kept him out for three weeks. Um, so the hope is he returns. Maybe he was closer than we thought. I know he did. He was out there Friday. That doesn't mean a ton. Those right. walkthroughs oftentimes, as long as you're not in a cast, you usually go out there if only for appearances' sake. Didn't look like he was trending to play, but it wouldn't be stunning if he got in some limited uh, reps next week and was kind of a 50-50 to play, uh, which would be the hope. And if that's the case, then, right. yeah, I understand the continuity move. Anything beyond that long term, you would have to take more drastic measures. It is, again, somewhat strange that a team that spent all of this money in free agency um, – would have issues both at the tackle and the and the and the cornerback position, which are two, you know, super super important positions and ones that the team doesn't like to neglect at all. So you yeah. really see the depth issues coming into play there. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Evan's got to get uh, cracking and doing his writing and all of that fun stuff. So go to clnsmedia.com uh, and check out everything coming from uh, Evan Lazar on the game. Uh, follow us, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Patriots Press Pass, uh, and our main YouTube channel as well. Uh, we'll be having a live podcast throughout the week. Do you, are you guys up tomorrow? You and Alex? We're gonna try to do it tomorrow night. If not, we'll do it on Tuesday. Okay, so Patriots beat. Look for that tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, if not Tuesday, uh, and as long obviously as I don't hit more... too much traffic on the way home tomorrow, then it'll be tomorrow. Yeah, yep. ton more content throughout the throughout the day too. So make sure to check it out. We'll be updating it with interviews and more segments and other things. So um, thank you guys for hanging. Thank you to the trolls and thank you to the Jets fans who you know uh, have been in here keeping it spicy. Uh, go enjoy the rest of the four o'clock games. And-